Call me out on the podcast because I don't say your full name enough. <laughs> oh, I guess he didn't. He didn't no, he did the opposite. He didn't, he didn't call me out. He wasn't complaining about anything, but I still feel compelled to now do the exact opposite. So, first names only from here on out. My name is Bob. To my right is Robin, and to my left is Regina. And you're listening to Theronathon. I like my full name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robin Elaine Hitchcock. Damn it! All right, fair enough. Uh, this week we are going on a moderately less depressing road trip than we went on last in the last episode. Moderately. <laughs> Complete with zany graphics marking the milestones in Charlize Theron's movie career, uh, of which this is decidedly not one. Uh, this being Waking Up in Reno. Do we have our spoiler-free one-sound reviews? Sure. Eh? Huh! fine yeah this is a movie yeah this was the first movie that we've done in a while where i was like oh i think my tolerance for bad movies has changed like i think if i had watched this earlier i might have been more head up about being like what but now i'm kind of like yeah, i've seen worse i think that that is that is 100 true i think also the fact that this is a perfectly inoffensive relatively happy right bad movie i was like i am cool with this 90 minutes of my life. This is worthwhile. <laughs> it was at least short enough. Yes. And it wasn't a tragedy. No. No one got shot. So this is a... It's from 2002, but as Shockingly. we were saying right before we started recording, it feels like it's from 1992 at the latest. Right, yeah. It feels like two days in the valley level. It feels... It's so... It's just very old-fashioned in right. a lot of ways. So the plot... So the plot is... Uh, two couples are going on vacation to Reno. They are from Arkansas? Correct. Little Rock. Little Rock, Arkansas? Well, they're from, like, the... the like, Hicks. Little Rock is going into the city. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, it, from they're traveling all the way from Arkansas to, uh, <laughs> to Reno. Uh, two couples who are best friends. Uh, and the shocking twist is, uh, two of them are having an affair with each other. Shocking twist revealed in the opening narrative. Within the yes. thir- first three minutes. Yes. So not really a twist. So of course that is going to come to a head at some point. Billy Bob Thornton is a used car salesman who is very strict on schedule and uh, somewhat of an asshole. He's a big asshole. He's a big asshole. Patrick Swayze is a lovable but dumb 50-year-old man married to Charlize Theron, a lovable but dumb 27-year-old woman. Yes. It's gross. It's, uh, to me, it was less gross than some of our previous pairings. She was coded older than she is, was, right? Right. So, like, this, she was 27, right? Yeah. But I think that we were meant to believe she was in her 30s. Okay, I can yeah. see that. She can play older. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Natasha Richardson, who is married to Billy Bob Thornton's character. So two of the main actors in this film tragically died in 2009. 
Wow, I didn't. I didn't oh, actually put that together. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's wife and Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yep. Natasha so, Richardson. Natasha Richardson, right? Yeah. Who then her her death prompted Liam Neeson to become an action star. Yes. Oh. And she's delightful in this. She is wonderful in this. She's her accent's a little cartoonish because she is really English. Correct. Yep. All of their All accents of their are accents, a little cartoonish. Even for... Billy Bob Thornton, who's using, I believe, his natural accent, but is not. <laughs> just is a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He is also strikingly handsome in this movie. Okay. I'm just, I, I, I need to pause talking about the plot, talking about anything about Charlie Stan. Can we talk about Billy Bob Thornton and for a minute? Why is he so attractive? I don't know. And I cannot deny it. Like, I've always thought that he was attractive, but this in this movie where he is like an, a racist asshole, a racist asshole who they have like picked up, basically. Like, his name's Lonnie Earl. Yes. <laughs> Used um, car salesman in the old school sense. Yeah. Where he's like rolling back the odometer. Literally. Yes. And like these ridiculous like mutton chops. Oh my god, he's got that terrible straight line beard below his lower lip. And, and I yet. wanted him badly. <laughs> you see his skinny little chicken legs and those tight pants and I was like, there's no reason for this. And also like, it's a thing, I've seen a number of his movies and, and, like, he often sounds cartoonish in his accent, and yet... I mean, that's just his voice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Also, a thing that I can never forget is... Do you remember when he made a CD about how much he loved Angelina Jolie? No? Yes. So, I heard, like, a, a clip from it, and it was something like, when I saw you, like, I it was like, I walked into a door or something. And he was not a good singer. Uh, and it was very, like, weird. And I just, I just remember that. And then in the movie where they have the road trip where they're all singing, and he was sort of, like, shyly, like, singing in the front, I was like, it's because he wants to be singing. They do have a, a cute <laughs> bit in their road trip singing montage, which is Charlize Theron doesn't know the words to any songs. That was very <laughs> charming. Uh, but seriously, I don't understand the appeal of Bob, Billy Bob Thornton, but I will. I will, it's there. I will defend it to the death that yeah. it is there. And he is someone where I was like, you know, maybe it'd be fun to see all of his movies. But no. if I think that Charlize's career is uh, has a lot of breadth, he's done some awful movies. Yeah, so I don't think I could come no. to oh, yeah. seeing. Also, I've never seen the one movie that he's like super famous for, Sling Blade. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. He looked a little different in this to me. He like he looked narrower. Like, I think he was in a skinny period. Yeah, he looked like end of life Steve Jobs kind of. Oh, good God! It's <laughs> a terrible comparison, especially because Patrick Swayze's in this movie. <laughs> also, it felt like he and Natasha Richardson had very prominent upper jaw teeth, like that they were wearing like veneers or something. Like I don't she know. She probably is. She's British. Oh, oh, sorry. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt like the top of their teeth. I was often distracted by how much the top of their teeth came out. Their okay. top top jaws. You have. Serious mouth fixation issues. It's not an issue. It's <laughs> so they're on their road trip. They're on their road trip. All right, end of sidebar. <laughs> uh, and it's very episodic, right? It's right. like, can he eat this big steak? Yes, he can, but he gets sick. So period. I wanted, I wanted to make a note because this movie doesn't feel very much like a movie. It feels like a sort of movie continuation or like a feature length episode of an established sitcom. It feels like a sitcom. Yeah. Can we go so to Ebert like, or Meebert? It feels like something out of like Roseanne or the Beverly Hillbillies. It doesn't feel like a movie in its own. Okay, Ebert or Meebert. Lonnie Earl, Roy, Candy, and Darlene find themselves in a situation that in the real world could lead to violence, but here is settled in about the same way that the Mertzes worked things out with Lucy and Ricky. Who the Mertzes? Oh, <laughs> Bob doesn't know I love Lucy, because that was not a thing in Britain. I love Lucy isn't a thing in Britain? No, it's not. 
I've that heard... explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it explains. Well, because I remember a the, lot. the first time I played Celebrity, the game, with my British friends, I put Lucille Ball in being like, what an obvious thing. And every single person was like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, oh my god, you're like me about almost everyone else in this so, school. Like, are you aware of, like, you know, like, the stomping on the grapes and, like, the shoving the chocolates in their no. mouth and the... What? It's, like, the iconic I love Lucy moments. None of those things, no. My God, a world without joy. <laughs> anyway, was that me or was that Roger Ebert? Uh, that was Ebert. Mebert. It was Ebert. Hey. And I am so upset. Well, anyway. What, what are you upset about? <laughs> you not knowing about I Love Lucy. Oh, okay. Basically, that's his way of saying this is very sitcomish. Oh, okay. Well, yes. So, like, and old fashioned. Yes. This movie does not look like it's set in 2002. And I don't think that's just a product of them being not uh, in the big city. I um, think it is. So I here's the thing. The latest this movie could conceivably be set is 1995 because they danced to that Shania Twain song. True. <laughs> that true. came out in 1995. Okay. So, Good detective. But I do think You're 95 welcome. and 2002 significantly different eras. Yeah. But, but maybe I still that's just because of my is, age I think this is a class thing. Yeah. And, and I think specifically, like, Roger Ebert's complaint about this movie, which I don't necessarily agree with, is that he felt like it was, like, looking down on the characters. Yes. Oh, I felt being. that way. Hardcore. So, I guess, I don't know what it was. I felt like this movie was way more, like, on their side than a lot of other movies I've seen that are like this, where it's like, like, I think I actually talked about this in a recent podcast, how I didn't like the movie Logan Lucky, because I was like... Right. It just feels like they're like Southern people. Uh, That's I, what I thought the whole joke in this movie was. Okay. That was. The running gag was, look at them drink a lot of PBR. I thought it was more like, they're drinking so much PBR. Isn't this lovely? Like, I, 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 <laughs> no, I just, I really felt like this movie was affectionate towards its characters. I think that could have also been the tone, though, like, of it being a comedy. Like, I did not see Logan Lucky, so I don't it's know. It's also a comedy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel like it was egregious, but there were times at me that felt like a little bit like they were the butt of the joke as opposed to... Yeah. yeah. I, but my weird... Some of them were also funny, though. Like, when they... So, Charlize is, is pregnant. She finds out she's pregnant. And then they are getting their orders taken at the casino, and it's like, beer, 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 and then pregnant Charlize says, light beer. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean... As funny as drinking while pregnant can be. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's it's classist, but I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funnier when she hands the pee stick to her friend. She's like, here, you hold this. And her friend's like, you peed on this. But the thing that I wanted to say, like, in terms of it being a sitcom and how they resolve the issue is I actually thought it was kind of nice, like, spoiler for the ending, like, even though there was an affair, like, the couples both stay with their partners and everybody's fine, and I sort of felt like it was nice to see a movie in which having an affair, like, didn't destroy a marriage, because I'm sort of like, I feel like that's more common than people right. think it is, and that it doesn't have to be the end of everything. And it was, like, a somewhat pop, like, I thought the scene where Charlize is yelling at her friend about like at the elevators was the only part of the movie where I was like, well, that was surprising because I feel like all along you can predict exactly what's going to happen because you see the affair yep. happen from the very beginning. You see uh, Charlize's husband, Patrick Swayze, getting a uh, test done. And so you know that he's going to find out that he uh, is sterile. Is sterile, but then she's pregnant. So, ah, oh, that's how they find out. And that is exactly, exactly what, happens. what happens. But I felt like Charlize being like yelling at her friend being like, you have a great life and you never see it. Like you only see the negative and like your husband is crazy about you and blah, blah, blah. Like you need to work on your marriage. Like I've been trying, I've been trying to be a good friend to you and you push everyone away. And was this a surprising thing? I, I also felt the scene between Billy Bob Thornton and Natasha Richardson where he said 
like, you know, she basically was like, you're cold and mean to me. And he was like, you're cold to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, he basically talking about how she never wants to have sex. And, like, they talk a lot about how she, like, basically has, like, body issues. Mm -hmm. Even though she's stunningly gorgeous. Whatever. It's a movie. But also real life. I guess that happens. But he's like, I feel constantly rejected by you. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't talk about it in a way of, like, you cold-hearted bitch. But more of a, like, think about how that feels for me. Yeah. And I thought that was, like, a really emotionally genuine scene. I don't know. I really, like, the relationships in this movie, like, they're they're so silly. But also, like, to me, this is one of those, like, polyamory would solve all their problems mm -hmm. situations. Because, right. like, there's a flirtation between Natasha Richardson and Patrick Swayze. Yeah. So, like, and apparently he's, like, really good at sex and Billy Bob Thornton isn't. And also, like, there's some sexual tension between Charlize and Natasha. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. On their road trip, there's lots of everyone's sleeping in the same bed, yeah. or the men sleeping in a bed together, or the ladies sleeping in a bed together. This should just all bone. I also, like, <laughs> uh, I just liked, there's a scene where uh, Charlize is like, I'm ovulating, and they're like, pull over the side of the road, we fucking now. And like, basically- <laughs> and then people come by and look. Yeah, right. and they're like having like athletic backseat sex. And uh, Billy Bob Thornton's getting all bent out of shape because they're falling behind schedule. But I also just, like, I actually found it endearing that I was like, oh, like, here's a group of, like, adult friends who are just sort of, like, open about, like, well, we're going to go have sex now and everyone knows that's what we're doing because yeah. it's literally right there. And that's not a thing you see in a lot of movies. No, but uh, I feel like is not that outside of the realm of real life. Yes. <laughs> like, I think that if our friends were on a road trip and they were trying to conceive, they would probably get a hotel room. Mm-hmm. But definitely 100% would be like, oh, the temperature's right. Stop everything. And I can imagine us in a diner waiting for a couple of our friends to try to conceive. Yep. We would not cut the freaking Grand Canyon out of our road trip, no matter how far no, we No, we would just arrive behind. late. Yes. <laughs> but they do eventually go to the Grand Canyon, thank God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, everything plays out exactly as you expect. The only things that, for me, that subverted my expectations were... Patrick Swayze and Natasha Richardson sleeping together being immediately shot down. Yes. Which I was, because I was like, well, that's obviously going to get suggested. And so when she was, it was like, also, no! It was also like, hilarious. So basically, it's like, why don't you guys sleep together as like a revenge fuck? No, I'll be even. And then she says, if I get a revenge fuck, it's going to be with Tony Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. Uh, and then the, the other thing that I was surprised at was that the baby was not. Uh, Billy, Billy Bob Thornton's. Oh, so I kind of, again, because I wanted this to be a polyamory solves everything movie. Right. And I don't know why I always want that to be the case in movies <laughs> because I am monogamous, but it just seems like off of these situations, it would be a good way of going about it. I kind of <laughs> liked the, and I liked how they like decided they were going to tell their friends, like we, why we spend money at a sperm bank when we could get sperm from our best friend. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? I was like, that's sweet, right? Yeah. I felt like they didn't need to have the cut where, like, oh, when the baby was born, it looked exactly like Patrick Swayze, and then they had three more kids. Like, I yeah. didn't feel like they needed that for it to be okay. Right. Like, I thought the, like, right. I would, I liked up. the, I liked that we got to see, like, and they had a happy family, and they stayed together, and yeah. she started appearing in the, the car ads, too. I liked that they all, I liked that they went to therapy. That was, that, I was right. like, I liked that that was thrown in, that it wasn't just, like, now that they had one conversation... Uh, and by they, I mean Natasha Richardson and uh, Billy Bob Thornton. I would say, like, my big complaint about this movie that made it hard for me to enjoy it as, like, a goofy romp 
is that I felt like Billy Bob Thornton really was not given many redeeming qualities at all. And, like, there's a scene with Penelope Cruz. Surprise Penelope Cruz, I put in my notes. Wearing a (laughs) kerchief top, which made me be like, it has to be set in the 90s. She's wearing a kerchief top. Um, And he's just, like... Nat, like, he, like, has a speech, like, where, like, he's, like, racist towards her. He's racist, and she's a prostitute, and he's really obnoxious about her being a prostitute. Yeah, like, he's very gross, and, uh, he, like, and then he's like, oh, like, she has to be a lesbian, and I was kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, and, like, he is genuinely, like, mean to people. Like, I, I was just like, I just needed to see an instance of him having, like, and I feel like- To me, that was talking- this, that scene where he was like, you reject me, and it hurts. I just needed, I feel like if they cut the scene of him being like gross with Penelope Cruz uh or like had like softened him up a little bit it would have been just way more enjoyable and like they even made like Charlize's character when she got upset that Patrick Swayze was dancing with Penelope Cruz like she just kept saying like this Puerto Rican skank this Puerto Rican skank like over and over again yeah I was like you don't need this she also would not stop talking about little people yeah. As yeah. props. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because she wanted- it's romantic. Yeah. She wanted to have a theme wedding at Reno to renew their vows to sort of wipe the slate clean that she had- Cheated. Cheated. And I, I was like, why couldn't they just have seen a Wizard of Oz and then her wanting to do a Little Red Riding Hood one? And then we wouldn't have had to do that. Yeah. What do we think about Charlize in this role? So, I thought she was great. Me too. Um, <laughs> I was like, uh, she was- well cast and well used. I, my Charlie Zenith is the time is the part when she finds out that uh, Penelope Cruz is a prostitute. Uh, <laughs> yes! and she like rides on the bed. Mine too. And she's like, ah, <laughs> on the bed. That was the that was the funniest part of the movie when she's like having that tantrum and like she like puts her butt in the air like a toddler, like just so mad. Yeah. It was just very funny, and I feel like we don't often to see physical comedy Charlies other than in. Hot potato, hot potato. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's also my zenith. I thought that was very funny. So I am torn. In the scene, her big, like, confrontation with Natasha Richardson outside the elevator, that mm-hmm. was when I was like, oh, yes, this is a woman who was a year away from winning Best Actress. Yeah. Right? Right. But my actual Charlie zenith, I think it might be, like, there were so many, like, stupid, goofy moments, and this is so cheesy and such, like, a, like, C-minus C writing, it's but... Your, it's your podcast. But the scene it. where Billy Bob Thornton, they're in line at the buffet, and Billy Bob Thornton is like, you're not fooling anyone with all those <laughs> moans that you make when you have sex with Patrick Swayze, and she just is kind of like, no, I'm not fooling anyone, I very much enjoy having sex with him. <laughs> And then he says, well, you didn't do that with me. And she, I, she says something like, no shit, Sherlock. She says something, she's like, she's like, figure it out. Or like, it's yeah, not she calls yeah. him Sherlock. But anyway, and then just like does this little hip nudge and walks away. That might be my Charlie Seneth. And then the third contender, and I think that this is the winner. <laughs> is when she is singing and dancing to Shania Twain. <laughs> In front of the TV. In front of the TV. When she pulls her, her shirt up. Yes. <laughs> And just the just the joy of it, really. Yeah. And also, like, the I loved... So the hotel they stay in in Reno, they stay in this suite. And the like, Shamrock Suite. The Shamrock Suite. And, like, the way that their, like, signifiers of luxury are so amazing to me. Like, this, like, just 
they're basically they're drawn to this huge television and the fact that they have a door between the bedrooms is exciting to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like, well, hey neighbors. <laughs> it was I actually thought that was some of the best like set design where I was like, you can tell that it would be fancy for them because like it was spacious and it had like amenities, but it also looked like tacky and tacky. worn down. And it was called the Shamrock Suite. And like it yeah, it looked older. Like the doors looked thin kind yeah. of thing. And it's like when they drove into Reno, they were both the the both women characters were like, I've never been in a city this, this big before. Big. Right. I mean the idea of driving past Las Vegas to vacation in Reno is to me <laughs> inherently funny. And again, maybe this is just this like classism thing that like I should be above, but I'm like, no, that's funny. That is a funny thing to do. <laughs> Um, I loved the very initial road trip montage because they tried so many devices. Like they have these like quick jumps where it's like the car on a windy road and it's closer and then closer and then closer. Yes. And then they also had like a little animated one. Yeah, they have the graphic that shows the map and the animated car. Like on Indiana the map. Jones style. Exactly, but yeah. zany. Yes. But they did like multiple devices very quickly to be like, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. You guys know what happens in a road trip. You travel on the road. <laughs> we have to talk about I don't remember how to pronounce his name. I think it's David Koechner, the guy who plays Todd Packer on The Office. The concierge. Yes. Yeah. He, he does so many little, I know he's an improviser, right. things in those scenes. The one that I really, really loved was when they first get there and they're marveling at the place, Patrick Sweezy shakes his hand as like a, thank yeah, you, thank gentlemen. You so much. And he does like the subtlest check for a tip. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, It's so brilliant. And then they make a big deal about Billy Bob Thornton not tipping him or tipping him poorly. And I wish that they had just left it at the little subtle. Yeah. I liked when because there was a bowl because it's the Shamrock Suite. There's a bowl of chocolate gold coins, and he like puts his hand in the gold coins and sort of like, yeah. So you know, (laughs) these are free. (laughs) These are here. And and like when he's like, uh, you know, when he like lists off the things that he does have done for them. I, I liked the gold coins. Yeah. I was like, is that the only reason it's the shamrock suite? Because other than that, it is not at all you know, also, identified. It had a little shamrock on the door. I also liked his reaction to Billy Bob Thornton going, so uh, hookers in Nevada are free, right? And he goes, legal. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the infidelity is revealed, Natasha Richardson buys herself a mani-pedi and a pretty dress, and it gets her hair blown out, because that's... And gets covered in glitter! I was gonna say, she became a disco ball, because it wasn't just like, I'm gonna have some glitter on my chest, it was in her hair. It was in her hair. It was all over her face. Like, there was no, like, highlighting. Right. It was just like... And that's, again, where I was like, I think this is the 90s, there's glitter everywhere. Yeah. I, I think that this movie was set in 1997. Okay. I choose to accept that. Kerchief top and glitter everywhere, that's and like... And Shania Twain being like... Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know why they said it five years in the past, but they did. (laughs) Um, So, and then she goes to a Tony Orlando concert and he serenades her and then that makes her have self-worth again. And then she, with her self-worth, is like, I'm going to destroy your car. Yes. She gives it to the, she donates it to the monster truck rally and it is consumed by Robosaurus. Is it called Robosaurus or Truckosaurus? In the movie, it is called Robosaurus. Okay. This was something where, when I was watching the movie, I was like, I need to go down a Wikipedia rabbit hole about this, but I ended up going down a Wikipedia rabbit hole about something that would be a minor spoiler for Black Panther instead. Do you think that 
Wikipedia has an entry called Wikipedia Rabbit Hole that explains what that is. I'm going to find out all of these things. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that there is a Wikipedia page for Wikipedia Rabbit Hole, because when I searched it, it just gave me the Wikipedia page for Rabbit Hole. Adorable. And Robosaurus is a real thing thing that this is is what it is. Truckosaurus... Is from The Simpsons, I think. Robosaurus is what comes up if you look up Truckosaurus. Oh, okay. So redirect at some simpsons truckosaurus very good i'm glad we sorted all that out (laughs) when you guys see black panther get back to me i'll let you know what rabbit hole i went down (laughs) so yeah so that uh her becoming bolder that's her wake up in reno i guess yeah metaphorically speaking because there is no i was based on the title i thought there was going to be a literal wake up in reno like so hangover style like a surprise but they are, in fact, fully aware of arriving and falling asleep in Reno before they ever wake up there. I'm guessing that finding out he's bad at sex is Billy Bob Thornton's waking up in Reno. I don't know what the other two characters think. I thought his waking up was realizing that he needs to be a gentleman towards his wife. Like he, This is the one thing where I was like, ugh, eye roll. Like he buys her a fancy necklace, and I think that's his being like, he's normally tight-fisted and he does things his way, but he's doing this nice thing for her. Oh, yeah. That also, by the way, is an actually nice... I thought it was a bracelet. But a it's bracelet. an actually nice-looking piece of jewelry. It looks Which expensive. I was very surprised by. I was expecting that to be a joke. Yeah. So, at some point, early on, they used the Ferris Bueller song. I noticed that, and I was like, yes. there are some songs that just are... You spoken can't. for. You can't. They're just spoken for. Like, Ally McBeal has that dancing baby song. I think the Guardians of the Galaxy successfully reclaimed it. Well, that that flies in the face of your theory, then. No, I'm saying that there are only some songs, right? There are some songs, and that, okay. like, that one doesn't qualify. Right. Oh, uh, okay, good. But yeah, like, it came on, and I found it very distracting, because I was like, wait, this isn't that movie. Also, I couldn't think of it quickly enough, so my note is just, ooh, yeah, chi-chi-chica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's when they're revealing the 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 ride on the road trip because oh, Billy Bob yeah. Thornton has is a car dealer and therefore can uh, acquire sweet what sweet rides for his friends. And what he's got is a very mediocre looking SUV with fake leather seats. No real leather. Real leather. It was gray. I don't think it's real leather. They didn't know because he it's, says he's like, "Is this real leather?" And he's like, "Of course it is." Oh, okay. I thought the whole whole point was they thought it was real leather, but it really wasn't. I don't know. Also, I think that that would have been a nice car in 2002. Yeah. That looked nice. Uh, In America. Um, yeah. Right. We like our cars boxy. It was it was very boxy and very truck-like. <laughs> it held a lot of PBR. On the roof. Also. they bribed police officers with. The, I thought that scene was actually funny. Yeah, like, I that. Like had that good well. comedic timing where the two officers have stopped them and the one officer is like trying to be a police officer and the other one is just like palling around with them and they're just like joking. Yeah. And that felt, I thought the comedic timing in that was cute. I, it, was, it was a good illustration of where they were coming from, contrast to where they were going. Yes. Uh, at some point, I think someone said something about hair on the wall as an expression, and I was like, is that an expression? Have you ever so. heard of that? They, I, he definitely said it. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. I also can't remember the context. I can't either. That My only note is hair on the wall, which is not helpful. Who would Keanu play? So, I actually don't want to replace either of the core gentlemen. Really? Yeah. I'm so surprised. I know. <laughs> I am surprised, too. I mean, so... Billy Bob Thornton was being so weirdly handsome. And then for Patrick Swayze, it's more of a, I really like Patrick Swayze and I don't want to take this away from him. <laughs> <laughs> he needs it or needed it. Right. So that doesn't leave a lot. 
So I like David Koechner and Tony Orlando should play Tony Orlando. <laughs> so I guess what I sort of got left with was the cops at the beginning who they bribe oh, with PBR. Specifically, <laughs> I'd like him to be the nice, dumb cop who is like, yeah, you could bribe us. <laughs> I would love some PBR. Because the other cop sort of goes through the motions of not wanting to be bribed by two cases of PBR. Yeah, because like he's like, you know that I never stop at this stop sign, and the dumb cop's like, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Keanu. Uh, I would replace Patrick Swayze. Okay, I, uh, that's very fair. Because of, of the age gap, uh, and also he plays well-meaning dumb people really well. Yeah, I mean, it's a very Keanu role. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can imagine him being oblivious until the last second of realizing, well, not understanding how she's pregnant while he's sterile. Yeah, I also am going to replace Patrick Swayze um, because I think that it's implied when the two ladies are swimming that she basically, like, found him so sexually irresistible, but then they got married so quickly that she was like, I never had a chance to fall in love with him. Yeah. And that, like, their main connection is a sexual connection and, like, he's, I don't know, dumb and doesn't satisfy her otherwise. Yeah. And I feel like, no offense to that era of Patrick Swayze, but I was like, I believe a Keanu Reeves would be more believable in that. Yeah. And he does play a charming goof. Yeah. I mean, it was fun to see Patrick Swayze play that, because I don't think I've ever seen him play like a a low-status character like that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But that that, that would also be my Keanu. Uh, here's what we haven't done in a while. Would this movie survive a cell phone? <laughs> Which it could have had! <laughs> Probably. An old, boxy cell phone. Yes. But... A Nokia. Yeah. Right. I mean... They're mostly, yes. they're mostly together. Yeah, for they're the whole mostly movie. together. Yeah. Except for the part where they split off and no one knows where Natasha Richardson goes. That's yeah. the only time. But she could have just turned her phone off. Right. Yeah, I don't think it would make any significant difference. I mean, they wouldn't have had the joke about the triptych from AAA. Another thing right. that made it seem weirdly dated. Also, she was using one of those disposable cameras that you would buy, like yes. a Kodak, like paper camera almost. And then at the end, like she's on the trip and she like already got it developed because she's going through the photo yeah. of the trip being sad. And I was like, oh, like otherwise it would have just been her scrolling through her phone. Yeah. Although maybe not in 95, obviously, but. Yeah, they wouldn't have had cell phone or it would have been a crappy cell phone camera. Yeah. We totally had cameras in our phones in, in 2002 because that was like when you we would get the picture of someone's you, face. You'd get number. like a, like a tiny granulated face yes. in it. Like the really cool cell phones had the window on the outside. On the outside, I had one. That yeah. was like that was the thing. Like I think maybe that was like oh three. It was like window on the outside, a screen what? on the outside. So it was a flip phone, and it would have a little oh, square screen on the outside, and you yeah. flip it open, and it would also have a screen there. Gotcha. Window was not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, technical term. <laughs> you might not be familiar with it. Uh, I mean, it's something for my love, Lucy. <laughs> You'd know all about it if you grew up here, but... If only. I want to know what the I Love Lucy equivalent is, though. Because I feel like a lot of British comedy has, like, made it to America. Yeah. Like, you can't throw a stone without someone quoting Monty Python at you. Yeah. I'm sort of like, I'm sh- there must be an example of something that is beloved. Like, I Love Lucy is like so iconic like <laughs> I, like I feel like I, I I like it's not like I'm talking about like Die Hard here okay like right, right like Die Hard's iconic right but yep. like if somebody was like yeah I've never heard of Die Hard I'd be like okay sure that could happen terrible but like <laughs> like there are like 
full lines of collectible plates <laughs> inspired by this one 60-year-old TV series. I don't think that's the <laughs> most that, sellable point for your that, argument. That the, definition, the definition of iconic is... How many collectible plates are there about Monty Python? Probably a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I think some comparative research is in our... Okay, in so our wait a second. Hang on a second. <laughs> Uh, Colin and I, when we lived in South Africa, which is true about us, <laughs> we went to a harvest thing event at the Grand Beck Wine Farm and we stepped on grapes, which is not something that you do in real life, but we did it for fun, right? They, yep. they stepped on our grapes. If you went and did that, you wouldn't then talk about I Love Lucy. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> if you stood in a bin and stepped no, I know, on grapes. I know what stepping on grapes is. That's a cartoon thing to make wine. But I think of that as more of being like from Fantasia than anything else. Whoa. I'm just, I'm trying to think of like a when we more did that, Colin, equivalent. Colin's grandparents sent us an I Love Lucy snow globe. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> depicting Lucy stepping on grapes. Okay. Yeah. In the snow? Like, no, you know, snow globes, right? <laughs> it's like a little trinket. Yeah, Do you yeah. have those in the UK? Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, I feel like in terms of like cultural lexicon, if you have never seen an episode of The Simpsons, if someone goes, dope, you know that that, you know who Homer Simpson is, you know what that yeah, is. Right. And I feel like there are certain like bits from I Love Lucy that everyone knows. Or I don't know, maybe I mean, maybe, maybe it's, uh, now it's a socioeconomic thing. I'm also curious, like, if we asked, like, Alex O'Brien, like... Yeah, because she didn't grow up watching Nick at Night like we did. Right. Because there used to be, like, a whole night where it was just, like, on... I don't remember the night, I'm sorry. But it would be, like, Monday, they would only show this old TV show. It would be, like, I Love Lucy episodes or Bewitched episodes. And I think because there were fewer TV shows when our parents were growing up. So wait, this all ties back into... There were also weirdly dated references throughout this movie. For example, Charlize says she wishes she could twitch her nose and make it unhappen like that girl on Bewitched. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have heard of. They reference the Waltons when they're all sleeping in bed together. Yep. So you have heard of... You've heard of the Waltons? Yep. The Waltons! <laughs> the Waltons. I don't know what the Waltons are. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, I, I mean, look, I don't want to speak for all British people, but I'm telling you, not a single friend that I had there was like, ah, oh, yes, Lucille Ball, I am familiar with her oeuvre. <laughs> but they're all like, ah, oh, yes, the Waltons. Apparently. <laughs> I'll take that as gospel. But anyway, all of those things, I was like, those things seemed like something that grown-ups remembered from their childhood when I was a child. Right. Yeah. Okay? So these people who are meant to be only 10 years older than us, I guess. Yeah. 15. Anyway, they, they were making references as though they were 30 years older than us. Gotcha. Is what I felt. Okay. Again, making it feel like it was said in the past. Anyway, would waking up in Reno be improved by a prison riot? Sure, why not? I, I, th I, I think I wrote the exact... Uh, can, I, can I look at my note for... <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I have a similar feeling, but where would we put it? I'm thinking somewhere around the giant stake interlude. Yeah, I'm thinking mm. they visit someone they know who's locked up for something. Yeah. Like a family friend or like distant cousin or something and somehow cause a wacky riot. I would like for Billy Bob Thornton to have to spend the night in jail for being drunk and rude to a woman in a bar. Hey. And so he gets taken yeah. in and they have to go take him out. And he needs help getting out, and like while he's there, there's a, a drunks riot behind him. That sounds great. Because I also I want him to be punished for his actions. Right. Maybe Too he true. could have never asked if uh, hookers are free, and then uh, <laughs> could get arrested for non-payment <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Also, what a criminal 
total underuse of Penelope Cruz. Also, what would it even mean if hookers are free? Then how would they be hookers? <laughs> They'd just be friendly? They're, they're uh, you know, paid for by the state. Oh! <laughs> nationalized. Yes. Uh, nationalized. Socialized hookers. <laughs> this movie is dumb. This movie is dumb, but honestly, like, I do, I just have affection for it. Like, it's not yeah. good. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah, right. I don't think any of you listeners, if you've never <laughs> seen it, don't. You're good. <laughs> if it sounds like a good time, sure, make that call, but, but we're not guess, recommending it. Right, but also, that being said, like, if somebody says to you, like, hey, so movie night, we've got 15 minutes or waking up in Reno, like, this is what you choose. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think if you could come up with a fun drinking game and enjoy drinking games while watching movies, that would be entertaining. Yeah. But uh, I feel like, I feel like the moment, like, it's levity held it above the reality of what the story was, which was very, like, all right. Like, the steak-eating incident, like, there was, much as we've already talked about finding Billy Bob Thornton attractive, what I did not find attractive is watching just a close-up frame of his mouth (laughs) mawing down on some nasty steak. It was, like, cut to cutting the meat, cut to his his mouth, cut to the meat. And I was like, all right, this is gross. Yeah. It was gross. The only thing that saved it is I really thought they were going to show him projectile puking in the restaurant. And, guys, I got to say... Stop filming people puking. I don't need to see it. No I never to need see to see it. it. I know that you're not allowed to film people shitting, but let's extend that to puking. You don't need to have it. Just I'm, get rid of it. There was definitely people shitting in A Million Ways to Die in the West, lest True. we forget True. shitting into a hat. Can we talk for a second about how this movie is R-rated and how pointless that is? Wait, is it? There was a lot of swearing in it. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't confirm, but they say the F word multiple times. Yeah. And I was like, what is, why, to, to whose benefit? <laughs> yes, rated R. They couldn't rein Billy Bob Thornton in. Uh, like, if, and if it's gonna be R rated because of all the swearing, why not some more sexy time? There is no sexy time. Right. Yeah, you see them. You, you see, see them, like, him humping. B- bouncing the car, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, and he even gets, like, they, when, at some point, Billy Bob Thornton, like, knocks on the car door and, like, is like, you're done, get out. And he comes out with his pants all the way up. And I'm like, come on! Huh. <laughs> right? I didn't yeah. even zip! He uh, did, like, his pants were zipped. That's what I like, mean! How did he have time to zip? I do want to say, I thought it was hilarious after that scene where he's like, can you pass me one of those beers without disturbing the swimmer? Yes! <laughs> She's laying in the backseat with her feet on the ceiling. Yeah, she said, she said, can you pass me a beer without spilling those tadpoles? <laughs> she says. And she does. She, she does. does. She gives him two beers, in fact. There was also one other scene I wanted to reference. Uh, that is the, uh, the getting ready scene. Uh, when they're first going out on the town, uh, and the girls are, uh, the women, sorry, are putting their makeup on and like dabbing each other, and the boys are wrestling shirtless oh, yes! <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. And they don't explain it at <laughs> all in the background, just, just wrestling shirtless. <laughs> this movie Can you is really yes. silly. This movie is dumb, but kind I of likable. I wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. Alright, so I'm, like, all over the, like, there's, like, a a nice little chunk in the middle where I'm, like, it falls somewhere in here, but ultimately I'm gonna put it, uh, between The Italian Job and Snow White and the Huntsman. Because You Will Do This For Me Huntsman is so perfect, (laughs) it really pained me to put this above because there's no one moment in this movie that is one one hundredth of the greatness of that. There never will be. Right? But there's so much bullshit in Snow White and the Huntsman, and this is relatively... 
Yeah, for a, what it is, it's solid throughout. It's fairly yeah. tight. Yeah. So yeah, so it keeps moving. Jump cut, jump cut. It honestly reminds <laughs> me a lot of the Italian job in its level of adequateness. It's yeah. like this is a this is fine. <laughs> it's a very different genre, but very yes. feeling when you're done. You're like, I watched that. Yes, correct. Yeah. So uh that's where it is for me. A relatively high. So um I actually just adjusted while you were talking there and coincidentally put it mine right underneath the Italian job. I had previously put it uh, just above reindeer games because I was like, "Oh, this is the, the similar levels of silly." Yes, uh, but way more significantly more fun. To significantly watch. more so fun, much to, more watch, fun so, to watch. Because and this, this, as we were talking about it, has improved my uh, opinion of it. So yeah, for me, it is. Uh, it was originally going to be between Aeon Flux and Reindeer Games, but now it is in between the Italian Job and Battle in Seattle. That's a that's a good spot for it. Yeah, yeah, mine is solidly in the middle. Um, I am putting it below The Legend of Bagger Vance uh, for that knee slap moment and also <laughs> whatever I am. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm putting it above Astro Boy, <laughs> which is weird that that got the rank that it did, considering she was in it for 30 seconds. But like, honestly, but like, what a 30 seconds. I was like, if you asked me to watch Astro Boy or this again, I would probably lean towards this. I think so. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um... I would rather do neither, yeah. but, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice. Can I say that I would also not mind listening to a podcast just about forgotten romantic comedies? Yeah, I like, exists. also ran romantic comedies like this. Yeah, this. I would love to listen to that. I was saying uh, earlier, this, uh, to Joe earlier when I was talking to him, this movie feels like a movie that was made before all the people in it were famous. Yeah. But... Everyone in it, <laughs> everyone in it is famous already. Yeah, it's really. Natasha weird. Richardson was the least famous of them, right? And, and she's, she's Vanessa the star. Redgrave's daughter, right? <laughs> yeah, it felt like I don't know, like it felt almost like those four actors were like, "You just want to do something fun for a bit." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, who knows? Anyway, this was perfectly fine. And also, the other thing I wanted to say, like, I think that because we watched it right after the road, it was better to me <laughs> because I was oh, like, yeah. "This is." Spending this 90 minutes is not a slog. And then also because I'm doing the Oscars death race. Right. And so, like... Explain that for our listeners. <laughs> I think I've explained it before, but it means I'm watching all the Oscar-nominated movies. And I'm going to win this year, bitches. And she doesn't just left. mean best picture. She means everything. I mean everything. This year is actually relatively easy because there's nothing absurd in there. Like, right. I had to watch Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Which ended up, I was, I watched the entire series. I love that too. <laughs> I, I went down that road because yeah. of the Oscars death race. Anyway, guys, nine movies left, but like a lot of Oscar movies can be long and sad. And yeah. it was nice that this was 90 minutes of romp. I yeah. like, honestly, like I had no idea what I was going to say before we started talking. And yeah. I think like your guys' sort of like general positivity like bumped it up. Because when we were watching it, like there are things to be mad about in it, which I think I brought Absolutely. up. And I was kind of like, Mm-mm. but yeah, it was it was generally just a, like, mm. I, I was also good because we watched it late at night and I was very tired and wasn't sure I was paying attention. So I nearly watched it again. Uh, and then decided not to, but I remember you being despair. You're not, you're not going to watch that again, are you? Yeah, I think I was like, I, I think maybe because we watched it late at night. Yeah. Apparently, if I watch a movie Saturday morning, I love it no matter how dumb it is. Yeah. If I watch it Saturday at 11 o'clock at night, I'm like, ugh, this thing. You've unlocked the secret. There you go. All right, Saturday well. Saturday morning cartoons. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you to Alex Reed for our amazing theme music. Thank you guys for joining me, and most of all, thank, thank you, Charlies.
Latin girl. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out at parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is in this little bottle. A uh, little bottle. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha